We're also getting some mic thunder from somewhere. Yeah. What is mic thunder? It's like mic thunder. Great PI name. Or a poor name. What are those? What are those guys on that Australian male stripper tour? Here he is, ladies. Mike Thunder. Down under. Mike from Mike from Down Under. Yeah. Which Magic Mike knockoff movie? I'm just afraid where the thunder is coming from. Well, if you guys are ready, we will get to it. Me, 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 me. All right. You, 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 you. <laughs> All right, let's... Wait, man, it's, it's either guilt or accusation around here. It's the unknown movie. Unknown movie. Unknown movie. challenge. It's the unknown movie. Unknown movie. Unknown movie. challenge. It's the unknown movie. Unknown movie. Unknown movie. challenge. That's, That's right. right. It's, it's the, the unknown, unknown movie, movie challenge. challenge. It's the unknown movie. What we gonna unknown watch? Movie. Unknown movie. challenge. It's the unknown what movie. What we gonna watch? Unknown movie. challenge. It's the unknown movie. What we gonna watch? Unknown movie challenge. That's right. It's the unknown movie challenge. Ready for battle. And welcome to the Slum Gullion, America's only podcast. Reporting from Los Angeles, I'm Scott, along with Mary, while Jeff reports from the culture war-torn heartland. And finally, joining us via satellite from the Hawaiian Islands, it's John Zura and Blanche Ramirez. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Aloha. Hello, everybody. Listen, I'm starting to report, but I do have some breaking news as of right now. It seems that nobody likes Black Mermaids. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love Black Mermaids. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in just once. I apologize. What the fuck, people? What the absolute fuck is wrong with us as a species? Of all the things. She can't be black. Well, you know what? In the story, she dies, turns to sea foam. How would you like that for your story? Oh, that's right. She commits suicide, doesn't she? Well, yeah, to, to save the love of her life. She was supposed to stab him. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. It's been forever since I read the original. I forgot it gets dark. Oh, great. It's another black sacrifices themselves for the white man. (laughs) (laughs) Only if they keep that ending. Typical. (laughs) Don't we see her remnants outside our door? (laughs) All the time. (laughs) You have have Ariel Flotsam? Yes, we do. Yes. That's a good band name right there. Ariel Flotsam. I like that. That's a great name. I think it's it's a appropriate because the crab what's his name sebastian mm-hmm. he's obviously from the caribbean well that that's where it was set it wasn't it wasn't set in the baltic sea it was set in the Thank caribbean you. In, in Wait, the, it wasn't it, it, i thought it was set in iceland what are you talking about <laughs> well the the, the disney the original version. story the disney one is the caribbean yeah yeah i think so yeah but the hans christian Andersen obviously is not denmark right. yeah where Everybody turns into sea foam. <laughs> Eventually. When they, when they jump into the ocean. We're all sea foam down here. The, the best thing, the best thing that has come out of this idiocy is I've seen people on Twitter saying, okay, now that she's cast, uh, Halle Bailey is cast as Ariel. Let's get Idris Elba as Triton. And I'm like, fuck yeah. That would be an upgrade. Halle is, is Triton. Old. Absolutely. I'm Halle sorry? Berry's too old. Not Halle no, Berry. Halle ha- Bailey. Not Halle Berry. The, the actress they cast is named Halle Bailey. 
not Barry. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know that yeah, person. You, you had the same problem that almost all of Twitter had when that first started trending. Yes. Halle Berry herself had to come on Twitter and go, congratulations, sister. Yeah. And no, I'm not. <laughs> not me. I'm not the little mermaid. I'm, I'm still trying to. I'm the old mermaid. I'm still trying to crash other uh, other uh, <laughs> blockbusters like uh, John Wick. Although, you know what? She could, Why couldn't she be uh, Ariel's mother? Does Ariel have exactly. a mother? Exactly. No, her mother is dead. It's a Disney film, so come on. In in the great Disney tradition of wanting to kill your mom, I would love (laughs) to get to hear some of the tapes of Walt Disney's Jungian therapy sessions. Because, (laughs) so did you like your mother? Yes. Why why do you keep making movies where mothers are either dead or violently murdered? Or evil stepmothers or witches. Exactly. Oh, well, those are stepmothers. Well, I can understand that, yeah. (laughs) This is why I've always felt uh, a real affinity for Disney movies. (laughs) Real quick side tangent, but um, it's kind of connected since we're still talking about Disney, like how I did that there, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Did you guys watch the trailer for Mulan? No. I just did this morning. I have not seen it, no. Okay, Blanche watched it. What did you think of it? Well, I wished I'd seen it on something bigger than my phone. Uh, I was intrigued. But, you know, honestly, immediately I was I, I thought of my nephew to see if uh, if his mother would want want him to see this or not. My my River? nephew's. Yeah, River. Yeah. Yeah. My sister-in-law's from Beijing. And so I'm I'm very interested to see what, you know, her thoughts would be. They're in China right now, so I can't call her. <laughs> the other thing that I'm interested in, maybe, I don't know if any of you guys have heard this or not. Um, I just found this out today, doing a little restart after watching the trailer. Can you confirm that there is no Mushu and no songs in this? I did hear that there's no Mushu, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if that was just people yammering, but that's what I heard as well, and which I is very disappointing no- to me. I, d- I don't know. Part of me is thinking, okay, that all of these live action adaptions have been musicals. They're actually trying to do something different this time. I, if, if, if it's not a musical and there's no Mushu, I'm actually kind of even more interested in seeing it now. Well, the, the okay, so the trailer did seem very, uh, like it was focused, at, well, initial teaser trailers, you never know. Right, but, very true. You know. But this trailer really seemed to focus on the the fighting and the artistry of the 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 uh, martial arts. So mm-hmm. it made it kind of seem like it was going to be a martial arts movie starring a, a female. Which oh, again, I have no problem with that. Right? No, absolutely. But that's that's the way this teaser portrayed itself. We'll see in the subsequent trailers, I guess. Well, let me ask you a question, Jeff, because I know you saw Aladdin. Did Yago speak? Yeah, well, as Alan Sudiak, he did. He 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 barely talked. He but had did, maybe like parrot. But did he well, did, did he talk like a parrot talks or did he talk like he was sentient? Ah, uh, uh, no, no, it was Alan Sudik making parrot noises. Okay, well then, I I think that's the way they're going with the live action stuff because if Mushu's there, it would just it would just be a little CGI dragon. Uh, I don't think it would be a character the way Eddie Murphy was. I don't know that I regret that, and and I certainly wouldn't want to see a small jive talking dragon in a uh, live action Mulan if they're going for more. But Will Smith thing. wants to do the voice. No, oh, Will Smith can go away. <laughs> I, I am all for dragon representation. Are you okay? All right. Understood. There, there well, is nothing. Pardon? We don't have enough dragons in, in 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 most movies today, so I mean that does make sense. Pardon my privilege. I, my. <laughs> My issue is, why are they doing a Lion King thing that's all CGI? They've already done animated Lion King. CGI is just more 
Animation. Yeah, it's yeah. more animation. It's I agree with that question. Um, but Jungle Book did so well, and it looked really good. That's the only but, reason I can think. I know there's a Mowgli who's live action, but mm-hmm. I think think maybe maybe that's why. But also uh, money. That's the big thing right money. there. <laughs> I mean, I saw an interview with um, John Favreau where he was talking about how they wanted to typical corporate speak. They wanted to reimagine this classic story with today's tools for a new generation. And I went back to my first thought was, oh, you mean you want the money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so just they, they want, just yeah, they... re-release the original animated film. It was wonderful. But they're a victim of their own success because flat cell 2D animation is starting to look very quaint, especially after Jungle well, Book. Quaint is good. Uh, quaint is good, but is quaint going to make bank? Not as much as they're hoping for. When they say reimagine, you know, this classic story, what they mean is remonetize this existing property. With this it, release, they can then say, ooh, re-experience the original. We're releasing. You can sell. And then they'll sell more of both. Here's my idea. If it's too quaint, how about, I don't know make something new what the hell are you talking about mrs c how <laughs> dare you <laughs> you know they're, I, they're raising just... an entire generation of children who will believe that animals actually can talk <laughs> that's <laughs> it can't... we need we need a live action pocahontas none of the animals talked in that right <laughs> well it used to be they only talked to dr doolittle and that's the way i was raised Mm-hmm. Ah, and okay. if they do a new Pocahontas, I want it to be historically correct. I do not want to I, see that gross pedophile love story. Yeah, that's no, not, I don't yeah, want to see that, that either. Is wrong. But we have enough of that was, shit was, going on right now in Hollywood. Right now, we don't need any more of that in the movies. <laughs> no, exactly. When I was little, I believed animals could talk anyway, and and I hadn't seen uh, photorealistic CGI representations of them chatting away in Disney movies. I just believed it because I was a kid. And because I was a particular kind of kid, I believed animals could talk, but they just wouldn't talk to me. That's yes, yeah, what I figured. You thought your dog, your dog was snubbing you, right? Yes, and he was chatting it up with everyone else in the neighborhood, but he went just eerily silent the instant I walk into a room, which, to be it's fair, some, some, some people did, too. So right. maybe it's just my off-putting personality. I don't know. Anyway... Well- Anytime I had, God, I, if you ever need what, to talk, I pretty, well, I, that, that's what that's what the podcast is for. I would have my kids bring like a book to, for me to read, and if they brought Pocahontas, I brought them down. I did. <laughs> I said, you know what? She was like twelve. Yeah. So what'd you do at school today, honey? Oh, I learned about pedophilia and had my <laughs> hopes and dreams no, but crushed. I also told them. <laughs> that she did not have a thing with John, what's his face? Smith. He, John Smith, and he went home because his gunpowder caught on fire in his bag, and he got badly burned from that. And that's why he went home. So he couldn't, it really couldn't have been a, a pedophile love story because he burned his junk off. He burned his <laughs> junk off. and And they kidnapped her. I didn't tell the kids that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not giving kids nightmares. Should, are, are we supposed to? Is is this what we we were, we applaud your restraint? Because you've yes. already kind of gone too far. Yes, this is where you applaud my restraint. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Let's just move on. Okay, uh, we'll be, okay. let's move on for a while. Okay, we are here to dis- discuss the latest release of the MCU: Spider-Man: 
Far From Home. The and end of I Phase have... 3 and the end of 10 years of filmmaking. Exactly. Hmm. The... Hopefully the beginning of Phase 4. Well, those end credit scenes. <laughs> Officially launched Phase 4. Love them. Now, I have a theory about this movie. And I would like to talk about it and everybody pitch in, pile in, disagree, amplify, whatever. But I just kind of want that it was not far enough from home. (laughs) No, it was. Yeah. Hey, I saw it. And the funny thing is, I saw it in a theater that's like three and a half minutes away from my home. So I was laughing the entire time. You were not far from home. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, what is your theory, Scott? All right. This is my theory. And I kind of want to walk through it. Uh, Your theory, just... which is yours, about the Brontosaurus. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. Monty Python reference. Go it's on. All right. It's all right. Now I have to go. <laughs> now, I have, now I have to walk the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to just mention one thing before we started: that this this film has one of the most egregious examples of. Hey, remember that scene from the trailer? That wasn't in the movie. So mm-hmm. this, the scene where Spider-Man oh, catches yeah. a restaurant full of gun-wielding goons, and mm-hmm. then the cops who show up late say, "So, what are you, the new Iron Man now?" And he retorts. No, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your job. And they go, all, oh, damn. Oh, uh, that will, that that's scene cold. will actually, that's that not scene in the movie. will actually see the light of day, though. They have announced that several scenes, yeah. like Peter getting ready for his trip, are yeah. actually going to be in a short film that's going to be released, I think, with the Blu-ray. They're, they're okay. putting all of those scenes together. They're packaging it together as a short little film. Kind of like a pro like watch. That. I like that, too. That's, um... I'm glad that they're adding actual thought and care and value to these Blu-ray extra features because I've I've learned now that if there's a director's cut that is not Lord of the Rings related and involves scenes that were deleted, uh, they almost always just sort of stick out as like sore thumbs and add nothing. So mm-hmm. gen- generally, editors seem to know their jobs. And I find that that's really not a, a good premium. But a little short film, I, I, I would go for that. So anyway, my theory is that the plot of this movie is basically the uh, Kubler-Ross model of grief. Denial, (laughs) anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Oh my god. I believe that. I wouldn't be surprised if it were. The film starts shortly after Peter has lost the second father figure of his life. He is very careless. In that way, he's come back third, from the blip. Second father figure, third third father, really. Third, lost. Yeah, and he's not dealing with that. He's instead he's obsessing about getting away. He goes, oh, I just really need this vacation. If I if I can go away and leave Spider Man behind and get, get with this girl I like, everything will be okay. Classic denial. Can I just say uh, then that makes the Go Go's vacation really apropos. Yeah, the, that, was, that, was, that was a great choice. I And I, I want to get to the music. Uh, another element of, of denial is we're, humans are sort of hardwired to interpret sex and romance in the face of death as as life-affirming gestures. I mean, back in my 20s, I was always told, ah, oh, if you want to hook up with a woman, go stag to a wedding. As the, the combination of free champagne and the general atmosphere that life is passing us all by is a potent aphrodisiac. And... That's true as far as it goes, but frankly, I've gotten laid way more after funerals. Mm-hmm. So I kind of believe so that bad. part. I believed where he was when the movie starts. I I like it so far. I dig okay. it. All I'm right. I'm with you. Okay. I didn't see that, but I see it now. I mean, when you, if you go back to Endgame, as we mentioned before, that whole thing was all the various ways people were coping. Every single Avenger had a different way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it kind of goes along with that in, in this is Peter's, you know, denial, whatever, you know, the stages of grief. So I think 
I, I'm, I'm carry on. I want to hear more. Okay. And of course, it's, it's not just the kids who are turning to uh, romance. It's also uh, Aunt May and Happy Hogan. And I have to say, I, I like this, and I said this to Mary at the time, because, hey, Marvel owes John Favreau for nailing it with Iron Man back in what? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and he yeah. can... So he can nail Marissa Tomei. Exactly. Exactly. He Because he started the whole MCU. It's not an exaggeration to say that no, if Iron not. Man had tanked. And you know what? It should have. I mean, the script was a mess when they started. And there was no roadmap to how to do this kind of thing. And a multitude of sins were papered over on set by ad-libs and Robert Downey Jr.'s charisma and later good special effects works. But uh, mm-hmm. if not for that, the whole MCU and the whole superhero cycle of films that's dominated the box office for the last decade would not have happened. Or worse, it would have happened in the sort of herky-jerky, stumbling and humbling manner that uh, DC has become famous for. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yes. So it was nice to see Favreau given more than a cameo. And it reminded me, if you remember him from Swingers, he's actually a very funny actor. He's a very he's very fun to watch. And and of very course cool. we were we were professionally in good hands because Marissa Tomei won an Oscar for convincing moviegoers she was sexually attracted to Joe Pesci. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is why she won the Oscar. Yes. That is entirely oh, yeah. why. Um, Aww, well, who would cut him up to Johnny? Funny, though, hey, oh, sense he, of humor goes a long way. He, yeah, he is. Kind of, he, he's he's very teddy bearish. So stage two, of course, is anger. And the metaphor breaks down a little bit here because Spider-Man doesn't really get angry. He's, he's too no. guilty for that. Uh, everything is his fault. So replace yes. anger with spiral of self-reinforcing sense of inadequacy, which, which, like anger, makes you lash out and make bad decisions and ask, why me? This isn't fair. Like, in this case, why is Mr. Stark laying all this responsibility for his technological legacy on me, why does everyone think I'm now the head Avenger when I'm clearly not ready for all of any of this? He's just a kid. But nobody yeah. knows that. I mean, I mean, not publicly. All the right. reporters bombarding him, they have no idea. But, yeah. That's a good point. And, and did you notice in, in the early scene where he's addressing the, the fundraiser for people displaced by the blip, he's standing there, you know, flashing thumbs up, and then she calls into the microphone, and he speaks, and, you, and I think Tom Holland accentuated... The, the sort of high quavery tone yeah. of his voice because Peter is supposed to be nervous in the scene. But it's like, it's this sort of, maybe I imagined it, but it seemed like the crowd got really quiet and puzzled. Like, that's not how I thought he'd sound. Yeah. It's like, oh, so he's like a Mike Tyson then? He's just see. Got- he's a C-13? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. He's a, or, yeah. They're thinking maybe he is Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike Tyson had a lisp. <laughs> Good, good one. Yeah. Uh, Stark Tech, it, it uh, corrects the lisp in real time. <laughs> <laughs> that barf is some amazing technology. It really is. So then stage three is bargaining. Uh, that's that whole mm-hmm. scene in the pub in Prague with Peter desperately bargaining for a way out of his situation by, make, by trying to talk Mysterio into taking on Stark's legacy and talking himself into believing that, no, that's, that's what Stark really meant by that note that accompanied Tony's murder eyeglasses. <laughs> That's what they were. It's like, lens crafters, all your enemies dead in about an hour. (laughs) An hour. That's true. So uh, stage four is depression. And you're going to find that in every Spider-Man movie. But here, he's he's, he's, he's crying. I mean, he's literally red-eyed with tears. He's screwed up, gotten beaten to a pulp by a bullet train, and woken up in a 
Dutch drunk tank. As I said, depression is always a big part of Spider-Man's personality and his story. But instead of drinking all the beer and eating all the frozen glodger like Thor, Peter puts his life on the line to make it right. And fine, then we get to but, accept. But everyone was so nice. Everyone was so nice. That I loved. That was one of the best writing jokes. About how that everyone really was so nice and hard. Let's see if they're still nice now. Yeah. <laughs> Ruin the tulips. Yeah, really. <laughs> Funny. That's why I think when Happy's landing the jet in the tulip fields and the the exhaust is blowing the tulips and the petals are flying, I'm going. But they were so nice to you. You're destroying their nature. <laughs> what? What? When That's you take off, why don't you clip the top off of of a windmill, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we finally get to acceptance. He he accepts who and what he is and the responsibilities that come with that. And because he makes that psychological breakthrough, he recovers his spider sense. Yes. Just in time, which allows them to see through Mysterio's deceptions and says a line that, that in our crowd, they went nuts when he said, you can't trick me anymore. People love that. He, yeah. Yeah. He yeah that, his, went, that went really well. He had his daredevil moment. I love that. Yes. <laughs> For me, I was like, ooh, now he's daredevil. Yes. Shut his eyes and just let his senses do everything. That was mm. great. Now, it's always good to come to the final stage of grief. But this is Spider-Man, where triumph and happiness is always short-lived. And... <laughs> Thanks to the mid-credit sequence where he, he swings MJ around New York, it's like somebody went through the five stages of grief, is finally at peace with themselves and resolved to die with dignity. And yes, at that I moment at that moment somebody hacks into their phone and releases all their nude selfies and sex tapes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's my theory of, of how this script was constructed. What do you guys think of the film? John? Well, I like your theory. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. Go ahead. John. I say I say wow. <laughs> You, you, I say, wow. You've really ever like, thought this, guy. That's so prescient. Yeah, that's really prescient. Because, <laughs> I mean, I did not see that, but like now that you speak, again, uh, rewrite, rerunning it in my head, I see it all. And we went to see it twice because we wanted to see if it was just as bad the second time. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, a bad thing. Okay. We did it's, not love it. it. We did not, right. I did not was, love it. Yeah. It was, for us, it was um, I, the very first thing I said at the end of the movie was saying, I did not love this one as much. No, I didn't. And and for me, it was possibly because of all the teenage angst, which I have. I'm so fed up with these days. <laughs> um, but uh, no but teen then, spirit for you. You can get that exactly. for free on the CW anytime you want. Exactly right. Uh, and watching the second time, uh, that wasn't much it because I that did bother me as much the second time. But I think I think we Blanche and I discussed this saying. It's that we did not buy what they were selling. I didn't buy the the drones and the the uh, projections. And I just kept thinking of other stuff throughout the movie. So, I, you know, all the little... Remember on Endgame where there were all these holes and we're like, I don't care because I was enjoying it so much. I really didn't care. Right. Well, in right. this, I I just wasn't... I, I didn't... I know it's, it's a comic book. It's, it, none of this technology is real, but I just wasn't buying the tech. What? I wasn't buying... These drones were controlling water in Venice to, you know, I get if they're blowing things up and spewing fire. Oh, okay, sure. And they're projecting images, but controlling water? No, I'm not buying it. And, and it's all bullshit tech. So why should that bother me? Except it did. And one I kept thinking of little holes. Go ahead, John. Yeah. One of, one of the things that, that pointed that out to me is because I found myself finding the hole and then Basically, because my experience with my dear wife, I found myself justifying the whole 
Hmm. Uh, so, so throughout the film, I would see something. Oh, well, that doesn't make sense. And then I say, oh, but maybe that's because, because, because. Like, for instance, um, seeing the film a second time, watching uh, what's her face uh, call him Nick the entire time, even though oh. they were alone. Maria. Uh, uh, Maria calling him Nick, even though they were alone. And then Blind said, yes, but maybe that's the clue because he never likes to be called Nick. He always, everyone calls him Fury, right? So maybe that was a clue for us. And and then like uh, when we know that, that uh, Mysterio never really flew, it was all an image, right? And yet he flew up to Peter and then sat down next to him on uh, on top of the building. And then I said, okay, so maybe he was flew up on an invisible drone and then climbed <laughs> off onto the side of Peter. <laughs> and so I found myself constantly saying, this doesn't make sense, but maybe it's because da-da-da-da-da-da. And so uh, they, I wasn't just accepting what they had, uh, they were giving me. See, I, yeah. admit, I agree with the, the one the one that got me. I, I, I actually liked it, I think, a lot more than um, you and Blanche did. I do, I agree with you. The one thing... That did take me out of it a little bit, especially well, at the end, was the thing about him flying up to him and sitting down. That was mm-hmm. the one thing where I went, especially then I was going, now, wait a minute. That, uh, the, 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 hold on here. But the Nick thing, that's me off from the very beginning. Ah, okay. That's yeah. my, no, that's the first time she called him Nick. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, she never did Nick? call him Nick. She always called mm-hmm. him. And then when we got to that reveal at the end, I was like, okay. That at least makes sense now. Right. The flying thing, I really meant the flying thing was the one that even today, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to a little myself. That was one where I went, guys, you're kind of screwing up your own rules here. I didn't even like the whole first half, like much of the first half. The Like John said, the, you know, the teenage angst stuff, and I, I get it, but I, I didn't like a lot of it. The jokes bugged me. I really hated J.B. Smoove's character. I hated that he was the science teacher and kept saying all this baloney. It, it wasn't funny to me. It was just just distracting filler. I thought, you know, if he was a, a, a parent chaperone, I'd be fine with it. If he was uh, the other teacher's friend or significant other, I would be fine with it. But the fact that he's the, the science teacher of this gifted school thing and he's saying all this baloney and being super silly i don't know i didn't i didn't like it it just kept drawing me out like i said the it's the type of stuff that i probably wouldn't have have thought too much about if the rest of the story was keeping me properly engaged and i kept focusing on this this kind of stuff it's like all the humor was too pointed you know uh, the the silly thing with the camera you knew the camera was going to go in eventually you know, yeah. yeah. So they did play you by saying, "Oh, he caught it the second first time." But you know, it's all this obvious humor, and uh, even the jokes that the kids were making with each other—it was just like you're making a joke to make a joke rather than you know to make us laugh because this part needs humor, right? Can I yeah. just say that one of the things that kind of struck me was the fact that okay, Peter, we didn't see it; they didn't do it in the movies, but he lost his uncle Ben. And then he found a, uh, a father figure in Tony Stark. And then Tony dies. And I think Peter's looking for a father figure. And he thought, oh, this guy, Mysterio, he's my father figure. So I think he gave him the glasses because he thought he could be kind of like a Tony Stark to me. I think it's kind of heartbreaking. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I can I can definitely see that. And and I I agree with you guys. I mean, a lot of the humor did land for me, but a, a lot of it was clunky and obvious and trying to trying to shoehorn in a joke because the test audience said they needed one there that you know they went six minutes without a laugh That's, right uh, yeah so yeah there, there were a few things like that and yes uh blanche i agree with you when when jabu smooth's character i can't remember what the character name is said well as a man of science i think it's witches i thought okay th- this bit's gonna get better right and no. yeah mm-hmm. it, it, i thought it was I gonna be to- and it didn't. I thought it was going to be a joke. I think it's witches. Like, maybe he's making a joke. Okay, fine. Because it's like, it's something we can't explain. So it's witches, you know, ha ha. But then it kept going and it wasn't a tongue in cheek thing. It was, uh, it just fell flat. It was me. just, it was just a bad choice. Now, there were some, some things I did like. I did like Martin Starr's character. I liked him in the first movie. And I liked the bit where he, he winds up sitting next to Peter because he freaks out about the uh, perfume allergy and then says, Oh, did, did I tell you my, uh, my wife pretended to blip away? She's just, mm-hmm. yeah. We had a funeral for a fake funeral yeah. for her. I mean, the funeral was real, but she wasn't really. There, there were some, there yeah. were some bits. But then, but then the, but then the joke that went too far is, do you want to watch it? Let's watch it. Like that, that was the, the yeah. joke that took it too far. I was like, right. who does that? I mean, he's a sad character. He says the wrong thing, but then that, that was too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You know, I, agree. I, I get they established that that's the kind of person he is and that's fine, but then they would just carry it too far. And I didn't. Then he becomes not even a, a, a realistic person. Right. And uh, I gotta say, what, what's the name of the scroll guy? Is it Telos or something like that? Telos. Telos, yeah. Uh, and this has spent a lot of time studying Nick Fury to get his attitude and 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 the, the classic line. The classic line. Uh, you've been in space, bitch. You've been in space. Uh, bitch, please, you've been in space. <laughs> bitch, please, you've been in space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's been around since the nineties, so I yeah. mean. And and apparently the entire time wife, watching him, <laughs> his wife did not get Maria Hill at all. Right. Yeah. This is true. So she now did, I did appreciate she, their performances and after the fact, I went. That's why everybody seemed a little weird. A little off. It yeah. That was, was good. Exactly. Well, I you you brought up a really good point about how you're willing to to paper over plot holes <laughs> if you're enjoying the movie or or you're just. You, you're enjoying the characters and th- when you think about endgame pretty much every character in that was somebody we have followed for 10 years and and in whose fate we were invested this movie you know really just the second of the franchise the only character who's been around for more than two films is peter and i certainly didn't have the same interest in ned or betty or mj or whoever as i did with thor and iron man and steve rogers and black widow so yeah this this was a little bit harder to sell and the story did let them down a bit and it's a it it, it took on a difficult structure which is basically a road movie and road movies are hard to maintain it seems like oh it'd be easy to maintain forward momentum in your narrative because you just move the characters from place to place to place. But they kept stopping in places and things would happen. And then there would be, as you say, there would be teen angst and there would be deception. And But can we say that the end, one of the end, uh, the credit scenes where, do we need to do a spoiler alert? No, we're this, we're, no we're, the whole thing's a spoiler we're talking about. Well, yeah, okay. okay. Okay, so we'll officially say it now. At this point, major, major spoilers ahead. Okay. Right. So if you haven't seen the film yet, go see it, then come back and listen. As of right now, we don't want to hear your bitch when we spoil what we're about to say. Go for it. Yeah. So the one of the end credit scenes when Mysterio and Jane Jonah Jameson, I loved, oh my God, he was bald. He was 
Like I, can I just, I got to say, real fast, I just have to say, I and almost the entire audience that I was with cheered when we saw J.K. Simmons play yeah. again. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I lost my shit. I'm not going to lie. And they, and saying, Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and he's the one who did all this stuff. And it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it kind of set up a good place for Spider-Man to go forward. Right. Where you have something invested in it. It's like, oh, no. Well, I don't like the revealing of, of his secret identity just because I love the secret identity thing. I think it adds instant tension to everything. I think it's like an easy cheat to every <laughs> every everything ever written if there's a secret to be kept that's it's like automatic easy tension you don't even have to do anything for it um but is it setting up another story from the comics where well in the uh, comics his reveal he actually revealed himself in the in the civil war comic right. actually mm-hmm. yeah he, no he i read that yeah. yeah that that was his that was the so i mean that this was, I guess, their version. They just decided to do a different version of the reveal. Now, well, is it possible they're going to have Aunt May get shot? Very possible. Will they do one more day? Of course not. Thank Christ, because he and MJ aren't married at this point, so they don't have to. So they don't have a marriage to retcon. But um, I actually kind of, I have to admit, I really liked them taking that quote-unquote seminal moment from Spider-Man history and. Just juxtaposing how it went down. I like that new version of the reveal. For me, I, I liked how, I mean, Civil War, I didn't, I did not read Civil War until after I saw the movie. Okay. Oh. And I remember reading one, I read one more day when it came out and the whole, um, getting rid of the marriage thing just pissed me off so much. Yeah. But I really liked that instead of it was him and all the mistakes that was coming out, I liked the fact that that was taken away from him. I liked the fact that Mysterio's, I don't think it's his final act. Mysterio is not dead. There's no fucking way he's no. dead. He is not dead. No. He is not and that, dead. It was, they're setting up, they're, it they're was setting up the Sinister clear. Six. It was clear to me after seeing it the second time that there was no way he was dead. Absolutely. Right. We, Can I ask why, why you concluded that he's not dead? Because he feigned the exact same injury uh, of being gut shot that he had in uh, as the hologram, which, he never, which never happened. Okay. And nobody and, checked him. And nobody checked. Yeah, which never happened. So, so he once he, he was seen to be one. Well, no, sorry. Once Spider Man caught him, uh, he was like, "Oh no, I'm I'm." And he just he it was it was it seemed. Well, I mean, you could interpret yeah. it any way, honestly. But uh, to me, it was like, "Oh no, he's not dead." Yeah. And the only thing well, that either said was that all illusions have been have ceased. That's all. Right. All and, of those illusions, but he could have been acting. I think, too, on Spider-Man, on Peter's side, are the kids. They know what happened. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man's not known as a Mysterio. He doesn't do that. They were fighting the drones. Sure. But their point of view is they also... Yeah, yeah, but they also saw Mysterio being a hero, and that's also their point of view. Yeah. Well, that was my point of view, too. They were cheering and supporting and seeing that he was the one who saved the day, not Spider-Man. So maybe Spider-Man was jealous or maybe, you know, it's it's not clear cut. But I, I, but I really did like that um, Mysterio's final deception. Like, I know how Scott, 
Scott said the, the film is the five stages of grief, which I completely agree with. That's a really great theory, Scott. Um, for me, Kudos. when I was, for me, when I, yeah, very much so. For me, when I was watching it, especially once Mysterio showed up, because I agree with you guys, up until, up until Mysterio, like, showed up and met Peter, I really kind of hated the first, the first third of the movie. I, w- I was kind of bored senseless. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was, it w- I enjoy, you know, I was enjoying the, the Marissa Tomei seems nice seeing happy again, all that stuff. But yeah, the team, the John Hughes stuff was really just not my cup. I hated the bus ride. I hated the bus ride. I hated the bus ride. I, I will, I will completely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But then once Mysterio showed up, the film to me ca- became all about deception and perception. Mm-hmm. And, and I loved how, like, prime example, everybody, all 99% of the people walking into the film knew that Mysterio was going to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, there may have been, really? Really, I was not familiar with Mysterio. Oh, okay, okay. All right. And so with the commercials, I was like, oh, no, he's a hero. Oh, okay, then. Then I have a question for you a little later on. Okay. But I think okay. also I, with the promotions of showing how Tom Holland and Gyllenhaal, they're best buddies. This is their BFFs. Their bromance is going like so. They 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 kind of I think that with the promotional stuff, they set up people to oh very much once again deception yeah. and perception. Mm-hmm. I which think which Marvel is very good at managing well. in advance exactly. of movie releases. And, th- and mm-hmm. this whole movie, especially the character, you it's know, is about deception. And I love the fact that Mysterio's his final deception is turning the world against Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I real I liked that as opposed to you know Peter going. I agree with the Superhero Registration Act. Here I am. I just mm-hmm. thought I, for me that re- this reveal was a much more dramatic story-wise yeah. than the way they did it in Civil War. At the point where uh, Peter hands over the glasses to uh, to Mysterio, uh, that's when I leaned over to Bunch and said. I, I get the feeling he's going to turn out to be a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I, when I, while I walked in, I, like I said, I knew Mysterio was going to be the bad guy, but the way they, I, I, this is, this is when I, this is when I kind of said, okay, I'm forgiving the first third of the movie for this moment. When you found out that he worked for Stark and when they brought back that one fucking scientist from the original Iron Man. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how they were all just pissed off Stark people. I'm like, okay, as much as I know th- this is not really Tony Stark's story, as an epilogue of Tony Stark's story, this kind of works. And I also, there's a part of me that really finds it amusing that in two films now, Peter Parker has had to clean up Tony Stark's mess. <laughs> yes. If no, you think about it. No, I agree with you, and I think that's all part and parcel of, they kind of were, it, it seemed, pushing this idea that he is the next Tony Stark, right? It, it was it was more than just "Are you the next Iron Man, Baloney?" Uh, no. It was it was they were pushing it because yeah, he is a genius. Remember remember how he's actually really super smart. Yeah, like Tony Stark. And then of course in the ship with Happy, he's tooling with the tech and creating his suit like Tony was constantly doing, and and we and, see Happy. Yes, and, the, and he's that. all excited about the alternate universes. Yeah, He's the smartest guy in the room, as they explicitly said, and and that's who Tony always was. So I, I'm 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 keen to see where they take that. And wow, you 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 go Tom Holland to take over for Robert Downey Jr. as the as the the weight bearer for the franchise. I mean, like all the the MCU. 
that's, the science guy? No, I mean, to- uh, Iron Man started the, the the whole MCU, right? He did. Oh. And and carried it throughout. And if they're passing the mantle off to Tom Holland and Spider Man, that that's huge. I mean, that's it's still if now, but I think that's amazing. And I, it's, I absolutely, I freaking love the Jillian Hall's performance. Mysterio is my favorite Spider-Man villain. Mm-hmm. I, when I grew up, when I was a kid, and especially when I lived in Florida in 1978 with my dad and my stepmom, um, I watched a lot of the 67 Spider-Man cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I was always fascinated by Mysterio. And I honestly never thought that we would see Mysterio on the big screen. I never did because I thought, guy in a fishbowl, never going to work. And he's all about <laughs> illusion and stuff like that. And then when that first trailer popped, I'm like, oh, my God, they kept the fishbowl. We're actually yeah. going to get the goddamn fishbowl on his head. But, I mean, everything Hall did with the character, I just – I was like – I the one thing that I've got to say, especially with the Spider-Man films – is I love how they have reinterpreted the villains. Michael Keaton's Vulture, fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, same thing with here. I loved Hall's Mysterio. And I absolutely loved how as soon as he showed up, you know, everything again was about perception, how, how do you perceive things, and deception. I just thought that was that. What, once, and and once you got to see his origin. Connect, yeah. And once they finally connected, you know, once Peter Parker and Mysterio connected, the film came alive for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Some of the best moments. I mean, I loved the 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 the, the stringing along of Peter by by Jillian Hall's character. I thought that was really great. And I did feel that this fishbowl worked. The way they used it worked so well with what he does because having the fishbowl means he could be rem- somewhere speaking, and you never see his face. You never see his mouth moving. Yep. He, you know, he can interact without you know having to have the the visuals match. In any way, because he's covered in a fucking fishbowl, you can't see his face. It was great, and I and I and I did not mind the fact that I really did love the fact again that they were all pissed off Tony Stark employees because there's something about when that scene when after he left the scene in Prague and you find out what was really going on. That was when the oh my god, Peter Parker is just cleaning up Tony Stark's shit. Mm -hmm. Fell in love, and I fell in love. They did go out of their way. To, to, to say, I mean, they had wh- whatever Gyllenhaal, whatever Mysterio calls him, like a, like a drunken man-child. And uh, speaking of Tony, and Happy says, you know, he was my best friend, and I can tell you, he was a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yep. great. That was great. And I, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And Tony was, yeah, he was similar to Peter in a lot of ways. You can see where they bought it. He had daddy issues up the wazoo. Yeah. He had self-doubt. He was, you know... Perhaps too smart for his own good. So I thought it was kind of brilliant that they teamed up those two characters and not because it made sense narratively and not simply because, well, these are two marquee characters. So we're going to, you know, synergize, synergize and monetize them. No, it just it just made sense. uh, I wish I remember the cartoon because I always keep remembering this ever since when we first see Stark going to to Spider-Man is one of the old cartoon where... And I wish I remembered it, but they're in trouble, right? Spider-Man and, and who is it? Firestar and Iceman are in trouble and they go to Tony Stark for help and Tony Stark helps them. And I just, I don't know. Sorry. That's totally tangential. It's where my brain went every time I think like, oh, so this is, this has existed in the past. This, this 
relationship. And I, I don't know. Anyway, well, your, sorry. your brain went where they wanted it to go. I mean, Kevin Feige's uh, grew up on the same stuff we do. He yep. he likes and remembers this stuff, and he wants to. He he is as comics accurate as he can while still making it viable for the twenty first century. So yeah, the the fact that there is this this accretion of little little details like oh. that going back half a century. That's right. He created their lair. He created their, when they would switch their furniture around and it would be all computers and stuff. Tony Stark did that. that, I do believe you're right, Blanche. Um, I I haven't thought of Spider-Man, his amazing friends in decades. That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. That was Tony Stark. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That just hit me now. (laughs) Wow. Oh my God. I'm having a flashback. Wow. (laughs) Oh yeah. my God! Spider Man and his amazing friends. <laughs> friends. That was the way the guy said it. I remember. Watch the intro to that show on YouTube. He says friends. Yeah. Well, he's from the Midwest. <laughs> Narrated like, by Stanley, and it's, it's that's what I grew up with. My Spider Man is amazing friends. That's what I grew up with. Okay. Now, Mrs. C, since you did not know much about Mysterio, what was your reaction to the big reveal? I mean, I, I mean. Scott told me he was supposed to be a villain, and okay. I was like, oh, he's totally not a villain. Look, even he's an Avenger, and it was... Were you shocked? I was, I was shocked. Okay, she, well, that's, that is was, so cool. She was upset, too. Okay. I was upset, because I like Jake Lindenhall. You know what? You know what? Where I just <laughs> wanted to kiss Jake Gyllenhaal? When the scene <laughs> Who where... Who doesn't want to kiss Jake Gyllenhaal? Come understood. On. So many moments. I understand. But where, where Spider-Man had accidentally called him Mysterio the, the first time they met. They go, oh, that's just what my friends are calling you. Um, and th- and then when they were getting the briefing for the mission in Prague, and Fury says, all right, repeat it back to me. And he says, I'll be in the tower, blah, blah, blah. When, uh, when the monster shows up, I'll radio Beck. Beck. And Beck says, my name, and gets all pissed off, is Mysterio. And then... And then he makes goofy face. Then he makes goofy face. Like, he makes yep. those eyes. I know. Yep. I loved it. Okay, you are. You could charm anybody. No matter these. No matter everyone falls for your bullshit. You exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... But it was smart. It was a smart thing. I mean, when you know it's all a con, it was smart of him to say, you know what? First of all, this kid solved our problem. Now my our guy has a name. But two, it, it's a further endearment of yep. you know uh, the kid to him, and it was great. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna like uh, jump ahead and do one of my uh, uh, fascinating things. In and is Jill and Hall's uh, performance in the whole thing was just wonderfully spot on, going from extremely affable guy, Finley, really good, to having. Uh, then you start to see megalomania, and then there are flashes flashes of psychotic. Right? Yep. and it's yeah. just evenly yep. splashed around. You know, make a yeah, man making a lot of sense, but every so often you see that, that he really is insane. Right there, I saw he's insane. You know? Yep, yep. Pop up trivia. I just saw, and I don't know if it's true, it's on IMDb though, uh, that, uh, interesting enough, Gyllenhaal almost took over for Tobey Maguire as Spider Man for the, yes. I guess, the second movie. That is when, true. Uh, yes. When Maguire was injured from Seabiscuit. I was that like, what? Can you imagine? Mm. I mean, he would have been fine, but. Uh, the second movie was amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Jake, been young. Yeah, but Jake Gyllenhaal and Alfred Molina acting together. Oh my wow, God. Yeah. yeah. Why wow, that would have that would have been kind of amazing. Now that I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. But I mean, it's everything everything about like 
the one thing that I've been loving, I, I said this before, I'm, I'm going to say it again, with, with the Spider-Man films, is this reinterpretation of the villains. Spider The Spider-Man movies have had the best villains in the MCU outside of Loki, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't think of, I honestly can't think of any other, I'm not going to talk about Thanos, because... It, that was well, yeah, Thanos. But I mean, outside Thanos of Thanos, is, he's around. Exactly. He's for everybody, right? But I mean, as far as like individual villains, can you think yeah. of any Marvel villain that has actually, except for Loki, maybe, who's risen to like the interest and the the, the dynamics of of Vulture or uh, Mysterio? Mm. No. no, but I like Maze Mickelson um, in Doctor Strange. Well, uh, do- okay, yeah, do- yeah, actually, yeah. Doctor Strange is my film, so you're right. I do have, I do, I did like Caecilius. I did. I did call it Caecilius, but Caecilius is basically just a henchman. He's not the. Big He's man, a proxy so. for Dormammu. Oh, yeah. Dormammu, right, right, very true, very, very, very true. But I mean, and that, that's another reason why. <clears throat> Now, that was another reason why at the end of the film I didn't think um I don't I don't think he's dead is I'm like there's no way With the, you know I mean Michael Keaton was so amazing as the vulture Jake Gyllenhaal was so good as Mysterio they're not going to kill him they're building the sinister 6 Uh yes I, I mean we've, so. seen, no, we've yeah. seen Scorpion we've seen Scorpion in the in the one credit scene from 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 a Homecoming so I mean we're gonna get the freaking Sinister Six at some point we have to yeah I think so I mean that was one of the things I had read early on before they cast uh, Tom Holland when they were gearing up for Spider Man is that they they were going back to get you know the teenage Spider Man they want to go back that far because they want to have him around for a long time. So they want a really young actor. They want, you know, you don't want to add, uh, cast a 30, mid 30 something actor to play, you know, a 30 something hero because their life expectancy is rather short, right? To be able to do all the physical stuff. They wanted a kid to, you know, grow up with, especially since there's how many years between movies. And uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 Hopeful and looking forward to it. Although his, I think he's got what one more movie in his contract. I guess I guess his contract. Well, they, they had the, this, the deal that Sony and um, Marvel set up is that Marvel had has the character for three films, three solo films, and then I don't know. I honestly don't know how many like little appearances in other films. But yeah, Marvel Marvel has him for three films. With with it with his current contract with Sony before Sony can take the character back if they so choose. I wonder if that's true because uh, Sony is absolutely stupid enough to think that oh well now that we've seen how it's done and and uh, we've got the wind at our backs we can make our own Spider-Man movies we don't need Marvel. I think their spotty record I... convinced them that that's not true and I don't think I I believe Marvel the Marvel brain trust and I believe Kevin Feige is smart enough not to put eggs in a basket they do not own. And I think whatever the deal was, and you're right, Jeff, it was originally for, for three films and some cameo appearances. I think whatever whatever deal they have, there's been some backdoor wrangling going on because as uh, as Blanche mentioned, they're really setting him up to to fill the the Tony Stark role in the MCU. And you, it's a co- comic book movie. You're always going to need the super tech guy. I don't think they would be positioning Holland this way if they didn't have him nailed down for six films, nine films, whatever, have some sort of option that they can exercise if they wish. So I, I feel like there's definitely going to be 
more. I mean, the, the film itself is doing enormous box office and has been getting generally good reviews. I, I did want to say one thing about Mysterio. Is going in, obviously, I knew he was a villain because I'd been reading uh, the comics since the 70s. And when I was a kid, I read all the 60s reprints. So I knew he was a Spider-Man villain. I knew he was one of the signature marquee villains. And yet, when when he they had the reveal and he turned bad, it still kind of got me. And mm-hmm. I went on yeah. Twitter and there was a bunch of people going, yeah, I knew he was a villain. I, you know, I watched the Spider-Man animated series. He's one of the major villains. I knew he was a bad guy, and yet it still got me. So I didn't feel too bad about that. But I was very depressed <laughs> when I heard that, that Mysterio was going to be the villain. Because I thought, oh, it's going to be so stupid. It's going to be so cheesy. I mean, in the comics, Mysterio is a disgruntled movie special effects artist. And yep. you only got away with that even in the 60s. Even when I was a kid, I thought that was dumb. But you got away with mm-hmm. it because of Steve Ditko's art, which he brought that yep. same that same trippy design aesthetic to the, the Mysterio episodes of Spider-Man as he brought to Doctor Strange Yep. Uh, at the same time. And, and speaking of like, speaking Doctor Strange, like I'm use, sorry, go ahead. I feel like using the, the Stark tech and the drones and the – the 3D holographic projections and all that stuff, they found a way to make him make sense. It, 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 still, it, it is still comic book science sense. Yes. But, but they made him, one, they gave him a better motivation than comic book Mysterio ever had. And two, they, they just made it seem more believable. They gave you just enough pseudoscience a, as sugar nah. to swallow the medicine. I well, I was going to say, I, it, yeah, not, I not for me because I wasn't totally sold, but mm-hmm. right. I guess. And can I, I, can I just say, I did absolutely love, I love speaking about Ditko and trippiness. Oh my God, the, the, the mental mind fuckery that he put Peter through in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was, that I was thinking Steve Ditko too. Yep, yep. That was the first thing I was like, they're they're doing a fucking Ditko drawing. This is awesome. It's like Ditko and a little bit of those those uh psychedelic op art uh Nick Fury shields covers that Steranko did. <laughs> oh my I god. Have, There's you guys did you guys do you guys I watch have, Legion? Because if you like that, you should watch Legion. But anyway, that's full of it. That's all that is. Really, I have not watched Legion. I do not know Legion. Oh, we stopped, you sh- we then you stopped, might enjoy Legion. Okay. Yeah, we stopped watching because it was too much of a mind fuck. It, it is a. Mi- it, I actually really enjoyed it, but really? it was. It was it. The second season came on where we were in the middle of our move, and it was just too much work. I was like, "No, I am yeah. exhausted every day. I can't watch this." I just keep thinking I'll re- revisit it at some point, but seriously, it is a serious mind fuck. And if you like that, which I, will, I usually do, you I will t- okay, you should I will hunt it down then. You're yeah. the first person. You're actually the first person that I know who's who watched it. Uh, so oh, this is oh, the yeah, first totally. actual personal recommendation that I've gotten. So okay, I will check it out then. See, I have a limited have capacity a- for for mindfuck. I mean, th- there was just enough mindfuck in the movie that I was good with it, but a whole series of it, I think, would make my mind go celibate. But I just I- want to say, I didn't enjoy this mindfuck. I didn't enjoy the first. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying it. And so that's my problem. I I was a I was it was a no go for me from the start of it. Because okay. I wasn't buying it, unfortunately. I have a question. Where did the drones go? Oh yeah, we were going. They they lost their shell, right? They 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 get rid of. I love that they had the shell to re-enter the atmosphere and to deal with the radiation because they come from space. But then they sh- they shed the shell. Where did they go? 
Uh, they went to the um, North Pole to help Santa, which they do every year at this time. <laughs> to deliver all the presents. Oh, that's how he does it. Exactly. Genius. Sa- Santa's, <laughs> Santa took a tip from Amazon, and now he's using oh, drones to deliver presents. <laughs> <building. laughs> and they fit better down those chimneys, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to deal with all the reindeer poop, which, which OSHA came in and said was a health hazard. So, ah, who needs it? <laughs> right. Any further thoughts before we go on to fascinating irritating? Wait, wait. Okay, no. Go ahead. What I was going to say is I also wanted to um, throw out the uh, final credit scene, not just the reveal that um, Maria Hill and Fury were squirrels, but then also that Fury's out in space. Right. The theory is that this is the the peak. Yeah, it's sword. It's the... uh, it's basically the anti-alien equivalent to S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. which, but it's being built and staffed by scrolls. So is this some sort of precursor to, to Secret War? It might be. That might be where Phase 4 is going. And he is the boss because he says, get back to work. And where's somebody bring me my shoes. Right. Yeah. So is this what they're talking? Okay, so uh, if you may or may not recall... At some point when uh, Nick Fury is talking to Maria Hill, they mention it's kind of a thrown off thing because they are immediately interrupted. He talks about Cree sleeper cells. And I remember John was saying, well, why are they there? Why is he? Why is it them? Why are they being uh, uh, Fury and Maria Hill? And I was like, well, he did mention Cree sleeper cells. Maybe they're doing with all the with all the access and power of Nick Fury. Are they? investigating or researching stuff and they did mention Cree sleeper cells does this have something to do with where they're moving forward you're right they did make that mention i completely forgot about that but it was it was pointed maybe that would make sense that would make sense because they've already had they've already had the Cree. into i mean nick fury certainly does not have a favorable impression of the Cree, based on his experiences in the 90s with captain marvel yeah right Um, and he does, he did make friends with the Skrulls, so if there's a war, he'd probably be on their side. It would be interesting if they did Secret Invasion, but made, but the Skrulls were not the bad guys. That they were a weapon that Earth was using to fight back against. I think uh, that would be cool. Or an invasion. It wouldn't surprise me if, because that's the kind of thing Feige does. He makes things true to the spirit of the comics, but not comics accurate enough that it's just an adaptation and you'll get bored. Um, right. I know. I'm looking forward to phase four. I thought, oh, well, it's just all going to end and, you know, they're going to try to make some kind of slum, slum gullion stew out of the table scraps. <laughs> uh, but of I don't course think they so. Would. I think they're, they've got a no. lot of story yet to explore. Although it doesn't look like it, phase four got off on the right foot with John and Blanche. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. No, well, no, maybe this is just, the end of phase three, though. This is the end of phase outgrown. three. He ended with a whimper. <laughs> well, okay. If we want to go story wise, the the the, uh, the epilogue wasn't the great. They ended with a bang. It was just the epilogue was a bit of a whimper for you, right? Just like the Harry Potter epilogue, whimper. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, epilogues are tough. They're tough. Can't win them all. Did you guys see um, the Harry Potter play? I read it. I didn't see it because we're not a, in London or New York. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember if it was played at one of the times you went, but uh, uh, no. I figured. I figured I would have known the answer to that because I, I figured you would have told me if you got to see it. So, oh right. yeah, I would have. In your face, I would have told you. I, sure, I told you. I told you went to see Gajira, so you know. <laughs> That's true, and, and you were you were ashamed. You were deeply ashamed, <laughs> which, which is a very this Japanese is response. This is how bad it was. 
You know my mom. She loves everything. She was like, what was that? Your mom didn't like it? (laughs) That was not good. Yeah, she was. She was like, I don't even know. What was that? We don't have to talk about that again. (laughs) That's how bad it was. My mom knew it was bad. (laughs) And she loves everything. (laughs) Jeff, did you? I didn't didn't see it. Jeff, did you you like it? I read it. That's it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Reading it made me not want to see it. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Okay. (laughs) Very good. Okay. Well, let's move on to fascinating, irritating. And John has already shot one bolt. Let's let's get to him. Actually, a half a bolt. Half a bolt. All right. Let, let's get to the rest of your your stuff because clearly you've done your homework. Yeah. The uh, the irritating and this is kind of a weird irritating for me. I guess uh, I just thought um, uh, using the webbing saying does Night Monkey use the same webbing as Spider Man? It was kind of a lame way of her. You know finding some reason to to what he got uh, to to know that he's really spider-man and i realized they needed to do it so that we can get the projector so we can move the plot along as a big plot point but i, I just wish they could have found some better way because that's really the webbing is that what that's what got you thinking i just bothered me that was my that was my irritating but uh, my fascinating half of my fascinating i already told you the other half was tom holland's acting uh he is just so amazingly earnest and so uh, approachable. And then I will point out one little moment of how he took something that, you know, you would recognize being ordinary and just made it slightly his own. And that was when, uh, when he gets kissed and the normal would be him saying, you just kissed me. Right. And he didn't do that. He said, and then you kissed me. As if it was a continuation of what he was already saying. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, see, that's like fascinating to do that kind of a twist on something, you know, mm-hmm. to not make it obvious and, and normal, to make it just your own. And I, I thought that I'm just very impressed by the young man. Although he's a little old play for playing teenager now. His voice yeah. is perfect for playing a teenager and probably will be for a while. <laughs> but, but once his balls drop, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's really, he's really good. Again, he does some of his own stunts, so he's really going to have to cinch it up down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, they drop at age twenty-five. That way, the next Spider-Man you know, he... versus <laughs> his greatest enemy, the Rupture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mary, Mary. Yeah, someone already said the fascinating. Well, put your own spin on it. <laughs> that's okay. Recycle yeah, it. It's my fascinating too. Go ahead. I can't. Because they said exactly what I was going to say. Which was what? I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why, that's fascinating. Yeah, in, 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 in place of originality, she offers mystery. <laughs> there we go. All right. Okay. Well, do you have an irritating? Did you have an irritating? Uh, I'm irritating. Yes. So Flash is already supposed to be a, um, you know, a guy who wants MJ. Flash doesn't want MJ. And then they have... Flash, huh? yeah. Flash, Flash is not interested in MJ. Okay, they well, haven't shown any interest so far. Forget it. Then that's it. Are you talking about Brad? The, the, uh... Yes. Oh. Flash was always supposed to be the one who was interested in MJ. And then this... 
Yes. Oh, you're going way back to the comics. That's true. No, you're right, but they've changed it here. Well, okay, that was my... Brad, however, was an actor who looked way older than everybody else. He did, and I, I granted he, he, he was supposed to be five years older. Sec- it, no, but it took, no, it took me to the second time to realize, no, he is their age now. I thought the first time I saw it that he was, that he was five years older, and I'm like, but so he's a chaperone? But why that's is what, he there? That's what but I he's thought. not. I thought he was. No, he's, he's the same not. Age. He just he's the same aged age now. Yeah, I thought he was coming. He was younger before, and right. now he's their age. Right. I thought he was. Yeah. He was coming back. He was like a, like an alumnus who was coming back, like Matthew McConaughey did in Days of Confused. Um, right. Every year I get older, and the high school girls stay the same. That would have been good. But did, but, did anybody else think that he looked like a Pixar creepy. character? Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's a little bit. From, a little bit. Yeah. 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 A little bit. He's what, hero. What he's th- hero. What he might have been me, from Mulan. What threw me was no, no, no. was was that um was that okay, the, the guy who played Brad was in uh Crazy Rich Asians at at yeah. the at the bachelor party. Uh, oh, scene. he was. Guy and say yeah. so what is so what does uh, Rachel bring to the table besides small tits? That was his line, and now I'm thinking, and yeah, now it's hard to see him as part of this wholesome group of, you know, uh, <laughs> magnet school well, science also, nerds. Exactly. Now, he's also the con son in uh, uh, Marco Polo on that Ooh, Netflix right. series. Oh, okay. He's, so he's royalty. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I, that, that bugged me, because at first you think he's like a, some young chaperone, and then seeing it again, I'm like, no, he's the same age. Well, he still looks way too old. <laughs> yeah, right. and then that's creepy because it is creepy if he's he's older coming back and he's all hitting on MJ because mm-hmm. that means he's over eighteen and dude, yeah. check yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, he aged five years no, we get while it, they were but gone. It just, it's still right. It's still just the way the actor looked. And no, like he's done other work. It's just sort of it didn't work. Why they yeah. could have cast? It didn't they, work. Another thing that didn't work for me. <laughs> they, they just could have cast. They could have cast that part better. Usually, Marvel's very good in their casting. This time, I, mean, I, yeah. I didn't quite get it. Acting uh, wise, he was fine. Just yeah, he was fine. He was fine. Um, Mary, you, did you finish your your annoying? <laughs> what? Irritating. Did you finish your irritating? No, that was it. Okay. okay. Uh, Blanche, you want to go? Okay, well, my fascinating, very much like John's and Mary's, was Tom Holland and his magnificent performance yet again. Uh, even though there were parts that I, I really didn't like in this movie, he was amazing. And um, if he if he is going to be the next, you know, uh, Iron Man, the the character that carries the MCU for for the next phase, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, I'm I'm ready. I think he's going to be great, and I I really am looking forward to seeing what they they do with that, and uh, to to make him the new Tony Stark. Um, irritating. I think I've said it throughout. I just it just didn't it didn't sell me. I I it, well, the irritating is me because when I get really irritated, like I I couldn't buy it. My brain just goes to all the different things that bug me about the movie, and so that was irritating throughout. And, you know, they're in Prague and they go to an opera and it's not, not Don Giovanni. That just bugged me. They go to, <laughs> I, they go, because Prague, that's, oh. that's their thing. They are known for 
Don Giovanni premiered, Mozart premiered Don Giovanni there. They have a whole opera house right there where they were, the estate house, where that's all they do is Don Giovanni. And they go see, well, they go see something by Smetna, which is awesome. Smetna is great. He's Czech. But it was not Don Giovanni. And then there are no bee feeders at the tower. Bee feeders, exactly. Where were the bee feeders? Anyway, so this, oh, this they, is where there, there was, was, a, there was preoccupied. A quick, uh, well, there was a quick shot of the guys in um, uh, red coats with the... With the right. Those are not those are the bee feeders. Those are Queen's Guard. They're not bee feeders. You're right. Bee You're feeders right. are guarding the tower, and they weren't there. And that was that was anno- that's where my brain was. Because and I where did they all go? <laughs> Leaving the crown jewels vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. When they said let's hide in the vault, really? That's just open, <laughs> right? Well, right? At least they showed that those guys were you know firing at the drones, and so they were preoccupied. But yes, exactly. I think there would be at least a couple of guards who would not leave the vault. Right? That's your job. You're the last line of defense. They would la- right. they would right. guard the jewels, but. Yeah, so that's see that's that's my irritating is that that's what I was focusing on in the movie while I was watching, and and so that's a bad. So story. my irritation is is me, and and that's where my brain goes, and also the but it, it was because they they didn't sell me, totally. All right, um, for fascinating for me was I've been wondering since Spider Man first appeared in Civil War this incarnation of him about the Daily Bugle because uh, Peter's. 16 in this film, which is right about the time in the comics when he got the job as a freelance photographer for a New York tabloid. But news, newspapers are almost, I'm sad to say, almost an anachronism. Certainly, and certainly the main target audience for these movies, young people don't read newspapers. They're, as, as, a, as a medium, they're, they're basically dying. And I, I really couldn't see the MCU tying its marquee character to this sort of old-fashioned plot device. But now, apparently, according to the uh, post-credit sequence, the Daily Bugle is is Infowars, and yep. J. Jonah Jameson is Alex Jones. So, <laughs> who, who knows where they go with that? Perhaps Spider-Man would, would be vilified not by unfair headlines, but by deceptively edited YouTube videos. I thought that was perfect. Yes, I did it think was... that was perfect. And I also enjoyed, my, the other fascinating thing was how well the Europop was used in the score. I really, I, I liked how these unfamiliar songs still seemed to nail whatever mood they were going for. Although it, there were certain points where it kind of felt almost like I was watching a movie and the guy in the seat behind me was watching like the, the Eurovision finals on his phone. It was like weird to hear this music in a Spider-Man film, but I, I actually didn't. think he was. What's that? <laughs> I think he was watching the Eurovision finals all right then i then i withdraw my my compliment um (laughs) irritating uh for me irritating the most thing was the ned betty brand romance it's not not because i didn't believe it because again the whole you know life affirming versus funereal dynamic and because everybody young and old apparently came out of the the blip thursday everybody's horny um it annoyed me because they yeah. Yeah, sure. I get it. Uh, it annoyed me because they established Ned's place in the Spider-Verse in Homecoming where, you know, he desperately wanted to be and ultimately became Peter's man in the chair. And exactly. all, all that got tossed away for some weak jokes about insipid young love, mo- mostly, I think, because they had to move Ned to the side of the storyline to make room for MJ. And I think the more satisfying and funny path 
uh, some of them more true to teenage life, would have been to show the traditional friction between two best friends when one of them gets or is trying to get a girlfriend. Except in this case, it'd be worse because you're the man in the chair for a superhero and you can't tell anybody. And then he goes and tells some rando chick because, you know, horny. It, it, it it's like Superman cheating on Jimmy Olsen. You know, it's a it's a violation of trust. <laughs> so that's it, uh, Jeff. Okay, I'm going to do these in reverse because they kind of tie in together this way. The irritating thing for me was the first third of the film, the entire first third of the film. Mm-hmm. I hated, I hated so much the beginning of this movie. I thought I was going to despise this film. I thought this was going to be my least favorite MCU film, period. I thought this was going to be my Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But then, but then, the fascinating thing happened. Jake Gyllenhaal showed up. (laughs) Uh, Well, actually, it wasn't just Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, I'm I'm using him just because you guys use Tom Holland. I mean, he was great, don't get me wrong, but... Being a fan of Mysterio, I just I loved um, what Gyllenhaal did with the character. But also, I'm fascinated about how from that point on, I was genuinely invested in the film. His when he showed up and the plot actually started, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I like the story. We just didn't have the actual story of the film for the first half hour of it. Okay, fine, that's cool. Now the story is going on. I'm into it. So said except for the flying thing which that didn't bother me when i was watching it was only afterwards when i went wait that made no sense but it really fascinated me how i was able to go from i fucking hate this film to all right i am i am into this sucker that is fascinating points to them for that that's an amazing turnaround if if they if they they, i mean usually I, i can't think of a film that lost me through the entire first act and then grabbed me so yeah, that it's that's me. I know this. This is this is a new one for me. I guess I walk. I walked out the first time just going, okay. How do I feel about this film? Because I did genuinely. I really just was bored, senseless, and didn't give a shit at all about the the, the, the that first third of the film. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. And yeah, I'm gonna say it, that I am Mysterio moment. Yeah, Jillian Hall's just dreamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right there. I was just I like, agree okay. One hundred percent about. He's the, dreamy. He yes. is. The whole reason we went back, we were going to go to the movies yesterday. We were going to see something. We were just going to see what's playing, and we'll just watch another movie. But then we thought, ugh, <laughs> I didn't like it so much that I should give see it again to see what I catch the second time around. And I think it was helpful because I, I think I missed a lot because I was so bored or so annoyed. Yeah, I, I suffered from the fact I, that I write software. Because <laughs> yeah. I look at these illusions <laughs> exactly. and I go, yeah, so it's really, really interactive because you're throwing in a, a variable that you can't count on. Spider-Man, <laughs> throwing, throwing rocks at the beast and stuff like that. And you got to react to that. And all those little things that they threw around Spider-Man. Were those subroutines that just happen to have ready at the, to go? Um, I don't know, you know? It's like super AI rendering in, in the moment. Exactly. So, I think yeah. it helped for me. Yeah. Um, I think it helped for me that I wasn't really familiar with Mysterio. Oh, I bet. So. No, that's cool. You're the like target the audience. Well, I think, I think the huh? lesson I, I learned from this film, and, and I think it's important, and I think uh, really it's important for everybody, is... Um, Kids, even though it's a it's a burgeoning industry and perhaps the future, 
Uh, don't go into computer programming because it's going to ruin movies for you. It's ruin so <laughs> many movies. Tell me, uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah. Don't don't learn <laughs> don't learn to code. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Oh, hmm, probably, but <laughs> not, not, not I liked it. So All right, it's fine. I liked two thirds of it a lot. So, so one thumb up, and then like a slightly tumescent pinky. Tumescent pinky. Yes, we have tumescent pinkies. That's a name for a band. Tumescent pinkies. Someone said that they that they were uh, they felt that they were har- um, trying to hearken the uh, the Avengers by you know Happy throwing the shield, mm-hmm. uh, MJ carrying a mace type thing, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer, thank you. And then the other the girlfriend pushing the suit of armor out to thwart them. That this was a, a, a you know, hey, the Avengers. That's that's thing. possible. All I got out of that sequence really was when uh, MJ, after their their delightfully, and I agree with John, it was it was it was a cutely staged moment. Their their delightfully awkward kiss. Uh, she like, looks at the mace and goes, "Oh well, I better grab that. You, you, you better safe than sorry." I'm thinking, no, you better take that back before you get arrested for stealing a national right, for treasure <laughs> from the Tower of right. London. Oh, and, actually, and that kiss was adorable. Yes, I did like that. I liked My- them. It was perfect. My final thought, I absolutely loved the fact that um, I think my favorite line in the film, my absolute favorite line in the film, no, we're never doing that again. <laughs> yes. I love the fact that she hated being swung. I That was just such a nice turnaround from the Raimi film. That was just a nice counterpoint to it. That just, I, yeah. I adore the fact that she hated being swung around New York. Yeah, we're not doing that again. Yeah, we're, no, no, no. Not, no, not without that. Dramamine. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. That's connected to with Dramamine. I, she's not into it. Yes. That's, see, that's connected to something that I thought was a little kind of weird when she first says don't be late i thought okay what he's gonna meet the parents you know and it's like don't be late to take me flying yeah i I, I agree i thought i'm like what that's it you meet her you swing around and you put her down like i I gotta go now that was it that's what i thought would be different (laughs) but but it might also you know if if he is going to be around for the long haul then they probably will be touching on stories where they have troubles so it could be moments where she doesn't quite accept everything about him, and this is just the beginning. Love is a rocky road. Couples on have the to next Mari Povich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the next Mari Povich. Oh God! No, on the next Jerry Springer. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my boyfriend is Spider-Man, and he lied to me about it for years. <laughs> All right. Thanks you very much to the new movie crew. Thanks to you for listening. Jeff and I will be back probably in less than two weeks because we get some ground to catch up on. And until then, don't be a stranger. Just be strange.